matter where you find yourself, no matter what kind of stuff is going on in your life, underneath it all, everything's actually all right. Hello to the premiere podcast of The High Hopes Podcast by The Greenlands Blog. I'm Richie and this is Nick. You better know us as Richard and Nicholas from our blog and we are now officially branching out into the world of podcasting which is something pretty much everybody does nowadays. Everybody has a podcast and you know if everybody else is doing it why not us? So we're getting stuck into the game. As my lady says we're going to try our level best. <laughs> so, yeah, we had we had a little smoke outside earlier to, to celebrate this milestone. And uh, we're just going to have a nice kind of impromptu conversational podcast. Uh, we'll just chat about any old topic that comes to mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Though we probably should plan loosely before future episodes. Yes. Um, and, oh yeah, we forgot the... Our, uh, Essentially, our co-host, our mascot for the podcast, Cooper, who is now perched on the top of the couch, staring at Richard. <laughs> yeah, a Yorkshire Terrier, for those who don't know. Exactly. Um, also, a barrel maker by trade. <laughs> um, we are currently waiting for a pizza, which is the appropriate cuisine to have after a nice bowl and about an hour discussion frantically trying to stick to one particular topic but yeah and in this new room as nick mentioned we've got uh cooper who may growl or bark from time to time hopefully he he he, he knows what's happening though and uh the cars outside won't be terribly noisy but we'll see i think the, the cars are a good bit away so it's a low testing. hum of traffic i mm. could say yeah very asmr quality but yeah an hour wait time so the next 55 minutes <laughs> yeah until we got our munch on I can't wait I, I, I and of course a bowl before you go ah stop it to, to have it a nice trip really <laughs> how much how long is it the cherry on top of the visit from where we are right now in Kerry to where I'm going in Cork uh, it would be certainly 2 hours 40 minutes something like that yeah. probably more actually probably more like 2 hours 50 minutes uh, if you if you get delayed at all, if you if you have a long stop somewhere, and then of course you get these surprise Sunday night um, bus driver changes, you know, yes. where they pull over on the side of the road, and you could be waiting like twenty minutes plus for the other bus to arrive, and just fun surprises. Mm. Yeah, oh, I actually don't want to taint any of the podcasts with my experience with bus drivers this last week, but. Uh... Yeah, not the fa- not the biggest fan. I'm a, I think I'm officially done with thanking them until they give me a reason to. So <laughs> I know I know I've just lost my my ability to call myself Irish. My passport is now invalid. You always got to thank the, the bus driver in order to be Irish. But I'm beyond doing it as a as a passive aggressive fuck you, which is really the appropriate way to deal with a rude bus driver. Just kill him with kindness. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh... I, I, oh my god! I have to. Oh my god! 
Cooper. What happened outside? I wonder if my dog needs, you know, some like a, a name for himself as well. You know, I don't want to give away his his identity. Cooper could affect could, his employment or yeah, anything. You know, the you stigma. Could, tra- could trace him back to me. Is that here already? No, he's not. Imagine. <laughs> Nick Cooper, is really Nick is really eager for this pizza. Oh my God, is that? Yeah, so Nick is just going to get some uh, food for us at the door, and Cooper is very excitable, and he's uh, he's ready to leap into action here to defend his master, which is nice, you know. Master is a very dated word, really. Um, but yeah, I guess his owner, his owner. So yeah, Cooper is just checking if Nick is safe as he re-enters the room with the fresh pizza. That was quick. We got some lovely pizza from a local place somewhere in Kerry. I'm a vegetarian, so I got the quattro formaggio uh, or cheeses and my boy Nick, Nicky Fresh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, there was a girl I knew. Her name was Nikki, like N-I-K-K-I. And she called herself Nikki Fresh and she thought it was very cool. Oh Jesus. So that's, that's... what I'm gonna call Nicholas from now on is Nikki Fresh. Um, How do I make this stop? <laughs> Shall I say it a few more times? That sounds awful, my god. <laughs> Alright, we're back to the ASMR portion of the... I, you know what, I'm, I'm a little nervous about opening my pizza beside Cooper here. Cooper, but that's not for you. Let's just listen to this unboxing for a moment and hope that Cooper doesn't leap into my pizza. Away from that, Cooper. That's the sound of the pizza box opening. I feel guilty. You know, Don't be. Also, he how, knows he can't eat that. How does one eat a pizza while holding a podcasting mic in the other hand? I guess it's doable. Let's just give it a shot here. Have an attempt. God damn, this is one cheesy four cheese pizza, as as you would expect. What toppings did you get, Nick? Uh, I got a shitload of chicken and sliding right off. God damn. Mm. Oh my. Oh yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. That's one wonderful thing about marijuana. <laughs> everything tastes amazing. It really amplifies the flavors of everything. Yeah. And we're back after a lovely, lovely pizza. So, how was your pizza, Richard? <laughs> it was uh, wonderful. It had just a hint of that blue cheese uh, taste, but not the kind of overpowering, strong blue cheese. Just a little hint of it to... to you know, spice things up. It was really good. Nice. Oh. Don't mind me just stretching out the recliner. Oh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> the noise, like, oh. So. Yeah, mm. it was definitely a, a, a relaxing smoke earlier, that's for sure. And I have to go get a bus in just under two hours. Um, so, I guess I will try to have a sleep on it. <laughs> It's got a decent length, journey-wise, where you can almost nap. I can never really sleep well on public transport or planes or even in cars, so... But, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much my... I got, like, three hours sleep before I came back from Italy, and the goal was on the bus from Dublin back to uh, Kerry. Uh, The goal was to sleep, but even with, like, all the lights turned off, which they do for those night journeys, it's just impossible. Yeah. Just from the sound, the rocking, just the general sense of impending doom being around strangers on public transport. <laughs> it does, it does, does nothing like 
you want your pants around your ankles really when you're on the public transport so you gotta stay awake gotta keep aware so all it can take is your bag getting robbed so true you that know. true that wise words there Nick yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now after my pizza I'm, in, I'm under threat of entering a food coma I'm definitely a little bit I'm not sure what to talk about I feel very tired from this weekend even though I shouldn't be tired anymore it's partially because I went out drinking like a like a damn fool, Nicholas, <laughs> on Friday night. Uh, I texted our little group chat with other friends of ours in it, asking if anyone was free for a pint when I get down. And uh, one gentleman from the group, uh, B, was, uh, was game for a couple of pints. So in my head, I was going to be a bit tired after traveling down from uh, somewhere in County Cork. Um, and I was just going to have like two or three old man pints. Um, I'm of a certain vintage now where I enjoy the old man pints even more. And um, generally I'm pretty sensible with stopping myself after only a few drinks and saying, right, that's it, I'm going home now. Um, whereas most people don't necessarily... I, I'm, I'm an amazing special individual is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> You're unique in that regard. I'm a yeah. unique snowflake if you will um but yeah when the conversation is flowing and the mood is good and like an old mutual and another old friend of mine shows up after not having talked to him for about five years you know that sort of changed things and i ended up being out drinking the whole night and i was awake pretty late and all that and then um i just couldn't do anything yesterday saturday i just had the least productive day i've had in a very long time um so just a bit of a write-off this weekend but at least i got over here today to do this drinking in your 30s man i know there's my, a lot of you now are probably <laughs> under the age of 30 but don't worry you'll be like us someday you need at least two days to recover <laughs> from what you could have just done any time any point even during the week and you could still wake up the next day and go to college <laughs> so yeah those were the days yeah no like i i, I occasionally will still be semi-functional the day after drinking but yeah more often than not i i have a total i need at least one entire day to just rest up and i would often have the kind of sleepiness going on the next day so i'd be functioning by the second day but i'd be sleepy still i'd say and um yeah just a stupid drug to have legal when weed is illegal really but uh, what can you do i know and combining the two is uh, no bueno <laughs> I know some some yeah. people have recommended to me that you need to ha- like be somewhat drunk first before you start smoking, and then the two complement each other, or vice versa. But I, I've I've never felt they they're two conflicting highs. So it's just as well if you're going to stick to one, just stick to one. But as Richard said, it's uh, annoying being in a country where one of those isn't readily available to you. Because if it was, it would be. In my opinion, and I'd like to think Richard's opinion as well, the safer, more logical option as I have smoked a lot at night sometimes and at worst you have this kind of foggy head do for about an hour when you wake up the next day compared to the fear you get from the drinks. So, yeah, no bueno. I often get a lovely afterglow effect for a good day after I've smoked. Um, I like to attribute that to my low tolerance <laughs> from uh, and smoking uh, the good stuff. So, yeah, um, 
I get a nice long lasting effect normally, which is good. Mm. I always had a, a bit around the house usually if there's ever a night where I have a bad dose of insomnia. But yeah, I'm just kind of thinking now at the moment, like uh, maybe I should like take a tea break from it constantly because I did find my first night in Italy, I was somewhat irritated because I had no access to it. And I don't know, maybe I it's like I had the exact opposite of jet lag. I was like wired to the moon being in a different country watching shite Italian TV. <laughs> like, it, some of it was funny because like King Kong was on and it's all in Italian. So the, the, the Peter Jackson King Kong, of course. But then the original Italian shows are the campiest shows going. And it's similar to like uh, how we feel about our own shows in Ireland. You know, when Ireland attempts a crime drama, you just want to watch the American equivalent because they're the ones who do it best. So I guess it's the same in Italy. Like there's a lot of content on the TV that is just utter shite. So, you know, it's a shame really. Like. Nick sent me a good video clip of him in the hotel room watching a bit of news. Um, and it was a, a particular story where the footage just showed some arid looking Italian land with many uh, wild boars just walking along. And uh, Nicholas, Nicholas's words were just, what the fuck? Because <laughs> um, he wasn't used to seeing wild boars on the no. news. You don't see that in Ireland. You know, and we don't really have any wild boars. Especially with two talking head pundits on either side of the, the clip of these boars running wild through the city, like talking about it like it's 9-11. I, just, <laughs> I mean, I assume that's how they were interpreting the situation. I don't speak Italian, so. But that will change. Not yet. Yes, yet, exactly, man. exactly. I'm going to start a Duolingo course for Italian because I do not want to be caught with my pants around the ankles. I've been using that metaphor way too much. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was I had a, a job just trying to order food in Italy, basically at a restaurant or at room service. I'm surprised that the Italians aren't particularly fond of learning any English. I just, you know, assume they were like German or French people where they have some semblance of the English language and can pick up on what you're saying. But weirdly enough, Italian natives in Italy like refuse to speak anything other than Italian. That's so odd. They should really accommodate weirdos like me who expect everything to be the exact same as they were back home. So <laughs> fair play to the Italians. I will come prepared next time though because uh, Torino, the city I went to, was absolutely amazing and Really, the only thing keeping it from being even better is being one of the very soon-to-be-many countries that are legalizing cannabis. Uh, but I think the most recent one will, well, recent, the next one will be Germany. There's a big one happening in November, and yeah, once Germany hits, you know, hits the play button on that, then we're, we're laughing, because I honestly think when Germany does it, everybody else will see the benefits from it, or at the very least, they'll you know establish their own form of legalization or reform and knowing us we will be the last member in the eu to eventually we get might there. beat the uk and they're not in the eu anymore i know mm. but uh, in europe we'll say we might beat the uk although to be honest they allow medical cannabis for a lot more than we do as far as yes. i know yeah at least a handful of more things mm. so and they've got the cannabis card system in place and everything I don't know how widely recognized their cannabis card is by the police and so on just yet, but I know that it's yeah. a lot of it has a lot of takers. Um, it's gonna be a grey area, alright. But actually, I'll throw it to you, Rich. Uh, in the event of uh, reform in Ireland and legalization, say a gram will cost fourteen 
16, 18 euros a gram. Would you be likely to go with the regulated uh, route or would you stick to the black market? Which, to be fair, they're not, they're really no different nowadays since COVID. Apparently, the war is even affecting their prices, which is horseshit. So, you know, but they'll, they'll appear if it's anything going to be like Canada, the black market would still be the cheapest option. Would you go that route or? I don't know. I'd like to support legal weed so long as it is good quality compared to what's offered on the black market because you do hear of other places that legalized where the legal stuff was not quite as as good really um, it was it was a bit more limited in the choice you had and uh, the black market had a lot more like, like strength or different types going on where it ended up just making more sense to stick with the black market but obviously I don't really want to support criminal gangs or anything like yeah. that uh, I don't I don't like to dwell on um, where my money what my money helps support in the crime world but uh, <laughs> you know it should be a victimless uh, thing um, I almost said a victimless crime yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it just sounds silly to me calling buying weed a crime like cannabis should not be criminal uh, thing to indulge in um, it should be as casual as going for a coffee or having a drink you know, obviously if you're driving you don't want to be getting really high or anything you want to be safe on the roads and, and, and smoke or vape responsibly or eat edibles responsibly but like that can all be worked out you know yeah I'm just like I don't know really like I, I'm, I remember you bringing that up years back uh, when you were still making your mind up regarding whether or not you'd ever buy weed is like a big point of contention for you was you know supporting you know criminality and whatnot so i'm kind of found myself in that area i'm linked up pretty pretty sweet my guy is probably the the really the, the fantasy most smokers in this country have just keeps his head down really sound doesn't waste time like isn't uh, most importantly isn't going to screw you over but uh yeah, I'm just like I'm constantly wondering though, like who are his sources? Where where is this coming from? How is it getting into the country? Who's being exploited in order to bring this stuff into the country? And it's just it's a double-edged sword. Like obviously, I want to benefit from all the benefits that come from the drug itself, but in order to obtain it, you really have to shake hands with the devil. So it's something that again, work in progress. Uh, I would even with the the, the cost of living nowadays. If it was a case of buying weed legally, even though it would probably just go into the pockets of Leo Bracker <laughs> and co, I would probably still go the legal route, but I don't know, Jesus, it, re it even depends really on the availability of it in, in a legalized, regulated environment. Are you going to have head shops that, you know, actually... Oh, I don't think they're going to brand them as head shops, to no. be honest, but dispensaries <laughs> or shops, chemi chemists, I don't Chemist, know. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think <clears throat> so long as it's sensibly priced, ideally a little cheaper than the going rate on the black market, which is, uh, you know, the fleeces, they fleece you. Um, and so long as it's pretty good quality and I have a choice of the effects I'm going to get and the, the flavor profile and all that, I don't, I don't care uh, that much about terpenes and flavors and things so long as I enjoy the experience. But I suppose when you have the luxury of exploring that side of things more with a legal uh, shop selection in front of you, 
maybe then I would start developing more of a palette for precise terpenes and so on. (laughs) Uh, I think you can get kind of caught up in that side of things a little much as well. No more than sommeliers or baristas, certain personality types. They really love getting granular about how the exact uh, product they're using and why it's superior to the other variations like coffee connoisseurs like you know yeah <laughs> look at the brew on it but i was actually even thinking this like i don't know I, I don't see us ever approaching cannabis reform the same way every other country has i wouldn't be surprised in the, in the unlikely event that happens anytime soon i'd like to think that they would heavily encourage because it's regulated and you have various forms of consuming it without smoking it i think they would do something to deter how we have to consume it now which is primarily by smoking because it kind of makes no sense to sell the health benefits only to then turn around oh by the way inhale this toxic gas into your into your into your lungs gas but smoke rather but you know in a regulated legalized environment i think i wouldn't be surprised if they still have the smoking of it still illegal like they just keep it as an edible or a trinket type of form where you would have um of an air pollution tax or some shit like that where you know you said you have some old biddy sitting out the back having a cup of tea and then the students next door to them like start smoking out the back and you get this cloud of cannabis smoke which regardless of whether or not you, you're gonna you smoke it or not you can't deny it it is a very intrusive smell and it kind of lingers and it stays and it's very it's there like you can't you know it's not it's kind of like tobacco in that regard it's you know can be very uh, deterring for a lot of people but I wouldn't be surprised that when we come to the day we legalize it that there's going to be a lot it's not going to be as legalized as it is in the rest of the world we're going to do it a very Irish way <laughs> aside from aside from screwing us over price wise I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's still illegal to smoke just for just you know the the health kind of initiative of it all they would really kind of just encourage edibles or trinkets and what do you think of it do you think they'll go that route I don't know if I think they'd go that far. I think if they're going to um, at least decriminalize it more or uh, legalize it, they, um, they're probably going to let people smoke if they want to, but I'm sure they'll have awareness campaigns that smoking is not as good on your lungs as uh, mm. vaping it and whatnot. Um, but like by that logic, you know, cigarettes already exist and people are allowed to smoke those to their heart's content. Exactly. So yeah. if they're going to legalize cannabis, they can't turn around and say, you can't smoke this, because that would just be ridiculous. So mm. I, I don't know about that. I noticed as well in, in New York, where it's also become legal, like in like the Central Park, you do have people just like sitting around smoking weed. Are you okay with that? or Because I've always been one to consider it, like you've got to treat cannabis the same way you treat alcohol. And if we're going to be smoking in public, is that any different than drinking in public? I think it's... I, I Look, when you're drinking in public, I think drinking beers in a respectful way uh, without littering is fine, you know? I, I, obviously, drinking spirits in front of everybody in, in the town square or something is not is not ideal. Standing on the street of the corner with a bag, like, you know? Yeah. Bag of cans. But... I think uh, smoking cannabis in public, I think it's fine so long as you know that there are no children in your near vicinity, nearby vicinity. I think if, you've, if, if you're if you careful about the places you smoke, for example, in a park, 
if you make sure there's plenty of space around you, you're in a, a quieter part of the park where there's not likely to be children uh, coming around anytime soon, then I think, uh, you know, a quick smoke is fine. Um, just, it's about discretion and respecting others. I think prohibitionist types make far too much fuss about the smell of cannabis and how, how much of an offense and an intrusion it would be in day-to-day life if it was legalized. Again, like, it'll be like cigarette smokers. No one's going to be blowing smoke in your face and going out of their way to invade your surrounding air with the smell. People are going to sit down in places and try to have a bit of space. Um, I don't think it's going to... Like, personally, I love the smell of weed. I know some people claim that it stinks and they think it's awful. I think it's a great smell. Um, But I, I, I acknowledge that, yes, it does linger... Um, it doesn't stick to you like tobacco smoke I find like because obviously if you smoke it enough you're not going to smell it as much but um, I find tobacco smoke I think it is it's obviously any form of smoking is dirty but compared to cannabis like really it's 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 far more off-putting really I think like because even just uh, smelling a different brand of tobacco kind of puts me off and I do smoke tobacco so <laughs> like I want to definitely stress that much like yeah I, I don't know um, smoking cannabis is relatively harmless uh, I think as far as I'm aware compared to cigarettes which are blatantly super carcinogenic and toxic and really bad death stinks um, <laughs> but obviously overuse of anything can start resulting in lesser health so if you are smoking cannabis very heavily over a period of years like your lungs will be affected by that but I don't think it's anywhere near as toxic or really toxic at all compared with uh, cigarettes and tobacco but uh, just talking about this you know, dispensaries and shops now they'll like the retail stores for the the future of cannabis i'm just curious like what would you be more inclined to walk into would you like expect the you know the typical you walk in there's bob marley posters everywhere stench of weed reggae playing in the background the guy behind the counter probably is stoned himself would you take that over like what i would think considering that really the only way we're going to get this reform and legalization is if we do the complete rebranding and take away the split from the photos and and you know the weed stickers everywhere and just i always assumed that in a regulated market that you'd have these apple type stores that sell weed like not not apple stores but the layout of them and the sleek the sleek sleek design and and stylish yeah like because i think that like Obviously, the best thing to come from legalization or reform is getting people who've never smoked to approach it in a way that's more educated and safe and more concerned about their health. And I think the idea of walking into a store kind of the, with a layout like an Apple store with staff who are very professional and clinical about what they're doing, I think it'll encourage more people to test it out or try it themselves. Whereas if you're like going into like a, like a head shop, like I said earlier, like it's just you're immediately going to be put off by the culture and everything I mean we all love a bit of reggae but I think the the two-pack posters and just weed symbols everywhere and the stereotypes that really like oh they really just downplay the benefits of weed it's all of those type of things the imagery that's associated with weed it all just screams slacker and laid back and 
you know yeah. Arizona will get to that later whatever like you know so I'd, I'd would hope that in the event of uh, legalization that you would have stores that are just presented in a way that will encourage people who've never had it before because really I think it's obviously it's going to benefit us the smokers who already smoke but I think for a lot of people who are still dealing with the boogeyman of reefer madness like they're, they're still completely put off and alienated and dejected from the current culture really yeah you've got to win over everybody and try and have universal appeal and I don't mind a, a certain amount of uh, reggae and Bob Marley and all of that, um, but yeah, I agree. Like, I wouldn't want the establishments you go to, like smoking lounges or whatever. I wouldn't want them to be overly cartoonish and childish in the the atmosphere they give off, the decor they dec- the decor they use. Um, I think, but at the same time, I don't know if I'd go as far as liking if they look like Apple stores because then buying weed would become it would become marketed in a very elitist way where it would become crazy overpriced and pretentious and i don't want it to be like that either i want it yeah. to be very communal very like just going to a normal pub for a drink like just where all types of people go there and it's relaxed and it's uh, you know not 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 too much in your face with the over the top uh, imagery and decorations a little bit of that is fine too but not all, i don't i don't want that to be the norm uh, yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah no I, I i'd be more kind of inclined for the layout and the presentation of it all but i know what you mean like yeah that that will be the day like once it's fully legalized and after i say 10 20 years of having it to be the norm you're eventually going to get shops that you're going to get like growers or dispensers who are going to become the apple of weed (laughs) and they're going to just essentially produce the same stuff but market it in a way that will make you want to you know be talked down to in such a smug manner oh no you you need to smoke this this is the new in thing now and all this so yeah but you know like i think we're going way way into the future to complain about something like that but we should be just <laughs> complaining about that something that doesn't exist yet exactly yeah we should just be happy that it's going to be legal someday and i'm happy enough to say that that very well may happen by the end of the decade because i'm still looking at germany like uh, people have been banging on about it for a while but come november it's going to be a different story for, for europe yeah and you know you have uh different con countries talking about it now i almost said different companies uh chechia which oh, yeah, yeah. seems to be called all the time nowadays instead mm. of the czech republic mm-hmm. uh chechia have been uh, making a bit of noise about uh the european union agreeing to standardization of of legal cannabis laws and that sort of a thing that they need to have meetings about it and start discussing it now so that's uh encouraging and then of course you have the european parliament group um, with uh, Luke Ming Flanagan as a member, uh, Legalize It EP, and uh, they kind of announced themselves. There, uh, I don't know, is it five uh, five Parliament MPs um, from different countries? They launched their group, um, an advocacy group, in I think it was May or June. But since then, aside from releasing their handful of launch videos uh, saying who they are and what they're about, they haven't really done anything in the public eye since. So I don't know if, they're, if they've got something uh, in the works. Hopefully they do. Um, as we all know at this stage, well, those of us in Ireland, um, Luke Ming Flanagan has been on the go for decades and he's always been, in a, he's always been a strong advocate of, uh, 
the reefer. So um, I think we we're really building this up there for a while, like 2018, but COVID pushed everything back. And then I think obviously now the war in Ukraine has really kind of had a, a, a knock-on effect to pretty much any important issues that were important pre all of this are now pushed on the back burner. Like really nowadays it's strictly housing and just upcoming uh, winter and electricity shortage and now the, the presumed threat of, of food sh shortages next year. So it's sad like we were i think we were really starting to build momentum on getting somewhere with weed legislation in this country obviously not going to see it reformed anytime soon but luke was doing something there but yeah it's uh, it's very touch and go now with these kind of movements but then again i think there are more pressing issues at hand everybody would love a smoke but having a roof over your head i guess is more important right now to the government but it's still something that shouldn't be completely thrown to a side because again i have to tip my hat to the germans because they are dealing with pretty much all the same problems as the rest of us but the health minister actually even came out and said it's like no this isn't going on the back burner this needs to be done now something needs to be done about it we have all the, the drafts and everything proposed so that's why they're moving forward with it in november and despite uh i don't i actually don't even think opposition is using like the, any other problems to like diminish this going forward like they're just still sticking to uh you know the health issue of it all which obviously as we can see with any country where it is legalized that is obviously a, con uh, a nice concern to have but it's clearly not the one that they're they actually care about because you know they're trying to skirt other issues in order to keep weed illegal so saying it's all about the health is just a nice way of them saying look we want to keep the status quo and barack is the bureaucracy of it all yeah and then of course we have the socialist TD uh, Gino Kenny, and he has been talking about uh, putting forward a bill for the decriminalization of cannabis in the Dáil, but that has been postponed a handful of times at this stage. Um, last I heard, uh, I was chatting with another activist in the Irish cannabis scene, and uh, she was telling me that because I was saying, you know, it seems to have been delayed a lot. And she was saying that he had a bill ready to put in, but it was shut down as it's breached international law. So there must have been some aspect of it that wasn't quite um, standing up to scrutiny in terms of uh, Europe's laws. Mm. So that bill was for a full legal market, but now it's focused more on a social club model, I suppose something similar to what they do in Spain with yeah. cannabis clubs. So there's currently a lot of changes being made to it. And, uh, you know, really it's just a case of waiting on drafters in the Iraq just now to finalize the bill. It was ready for, for um, it was ready around June, but you know, they've, they've got to make revisions to it now. So hopefully uh, any month now, Gino will start a, a debate in government and I hope it will get attention um, not not everybody necessarily pays much attention to uh, the socialist party mm. uh, people before profit um, or, or those sorts of parties I just realised there is a party as well called the socialist party yeah. so to avoid <laughs> confusion yeah. people you know they may be very much minority parties but we should still respect uh, TDs who want to raise new debates and introduce, try to introduce new things that will benefit society. So I hope Gino's bill uh, gets a fair discussion and media coverage. Good old Gino. Keep fighting the good fight.
<laughs> yeah. But I don't know, really, like, I think, I think, yeah. Completely ludicrous idea, but, you know, given the certain EU directives re recently laid regarding uh, fossil fuels and just, you know, uh, like turf, really. The uh, banning of cutting turf and how the bog is now being kind of left alone. I always just assumed in the wake of, you know, uh, legalizing weed, we obviously wouldn't do the Irish thing, which, you know, having sold our fisheries to the French, that if we do legalize it, we grow it here. And more notably, we grow it in the bog. <laughs> One of the most fertile soils on the planet. Like, we could produce some major ganja there. And something tells me that if we do legalize it, It'll be something like we sign a deal with the Dutch or with the Canadians or whoever are producing it at a mass scale and we import it at an insane tax that of course gets passed on to the customer. So I'll pass it to you Rich. Do you think that in the event of legalization that we will not go full retard and just sell it to a, a foreign entity? I hope we don't do that. Our government has hopefully learned from uh, selling uh territorial waters off to uh, various European powers and selling off um, places where we were aware that there's dormant oil uh, beneath the ocean and so on. Now, perhaps that kind of thing would be very expensive to invest in uh, where, where you don't precisely know where the oil is in these areas. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Definitely anything where we can improve our homegrown industries in this country, we should do it because we do rely an awful lot on multinationals from different countries and we do import an awful lot of foods as is. And now we, we do great agriculturally uh, and with seafood to an extent, but yeah, if we're going to legalize this right, we need to reap all the benefits from the cannabis crops. Uh, manufacture things out of hemp including an alternative to plastic which does break down including um, hempcrete instead of concrete far less damaging to the environment um, just more resilient materials and plastic alternatives out of hemp that like the not to mention you can make clothing and all that sort of thing so it really and you can get fuel out of it mm -hmm. the list just goes on so uh, aside from any recreational and medicinal use, there's an awful lot to be gained from uh, this plant and it's incredibly beneficial for the environment as well, if it's done right at least. In terms of sucking in carbon dioxide, it's yeah. incredible at it. So, yeah. It is literally a plant that just grows from the soil. No added chemicals, no you know, chemist, you know, intervention like like it's not like any other drug really going like everything else is conjured up in the lab goes through a whole process i mean obviously going to be really pedantic there is a curing process for weed but it's something that is you know you're not even you can easily just do it outdoors like it's such a, an easy thing so i don't know i'd like to hope that in the event of legalization we do kind of keep it uh, keep it in home in house as it is so um just for now just saying that we sold our fisheries to the French I remember there was like isn't there like a dual carriageway built by a French company and we actually have to pay them just to use it I think it's like on the way to Limerick there's like a tolling boot 
Yeah. And before, like, the, the road would paper itself through the tolls. But now on top of it, we actually have the, the tolls are going straight to the, the, like, French construction company or something. So I never, I, haven't, I hadn't heard of that. This is uh, late 2000s, early 2000s. So it was, like, when the Celtic Tiger was still there. It definitely sounds like something, like, a, a decision made in the Celtic Tiger years. It'll be grand, man. I got a yacht in the back garden, man. It's grand. Like, everything was going to be fine, man. So, yeah. A lot of uh, frustration in, in how uh, our government does things, but I don't know, like with the likes of Gino and Luke and Luca, and obviously without giving away names, we have uh, we've met and linked up with a lot of amazing people through the blog, uh, particularly on social media, who are doing an amazing job to reinvent and kind of uh, re-engage and just reshape the whole image of uh, cannabis legislation and just the whole views of it and for a while there it was stuck to the the weed hemp uh, badges and constantly smoking and uh, uh, like making it a kind of big protest in a lot of ways like they were 1960s hippies whereas now it's a lot more just professional and done by working people I think that's the stress of all things like I think a big reason why you don't see so much activism regarding cannabis is that people are actually too busy with their normal lives you know it's not something that you know as as a Leo Varadkar would consider somebody who sleeps in until 12 p.m. every day and doesn't do anything with their lives like I think there are more people working paying taxes and contributing towards society that smoke than people who are doing yeah yeah definitely and like we're among the highest users of cannabis in Europe yeah. uh, if you're to believe um, certain polls per capita I think we're up there possibly first or second place mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh, I believe it <laughs> yeah and I mean geez I wish more people in uh, County Cork would uh, would be more open about their use because you know I'm, I'm looking for more uh, more friends and people who share that interest but uh, we're on Twitter uh, at Greenlands Blog, if you want to follow us, um, and of course the blog itself, GreenlandsBlog.com. We hope to get a little more active on it again. I think it's been a few months now. Certain life milestones aside, you know, we were off the blog for a good three months, and uh, old Nicky boy here recently finally put up a, a new piece, so I must do the same shortly. And to follow up on that piece, uh, actually, I should uh, put put it into context. It was the Octung Smokers, which is the first article I think since Jesus June or Jesus. I don't know. It's been a while now. It's been a, a hectic summer from getting jobs to get married to uh, like you know weathering the storm of all this shit that is happening now with inflation. But things are starting to settle out now, and yeah, the, the blog is going to be a lot more active going forward, especially now with the inclusion of this podcast, which we feel is definitely going to tie the whole brand together and keep us motivated really to keep this message going. Because if we had even half of the, the motivation that other people that we've met on Twitter who have, like Dave, clearly are still going hard with the, the advocating for legalization, it's really inspiring really to know that you're not just alone because like it, smoking weed now is like having a cup of tea like it's not like it was 20 years ago where it was a very niche thing and you needed to know the right people to have it everybody knows somebody who smokes and not who has smoked somebody who is in contact with somebody who can hook them up with some 
and more importantly is responsible with it like i'm not pure wake and bake i personally don't enjoy being stoned knowing i have anything to do throughout the day whether it be obviously anything to do at work or uh, meeting up with somebody or there's something around the house that needs to be done i always found weed is uh, works best for me when i have nothing ahead of me and i'm just essentially relaxing for the day so and everybody needs to relax at the end of the day so and everybody has a voice so if it's a cocktail of pills that you legally receive from you know your pharmacist or your chemist or whatever like then that's you and you're doing you but then there are people out there who don't do that who aren't particularly interested in in going to a doctor and essentially being prescribed all of these pills that have different side effects and need to take a different pill to you know alleviate those side effects there are people out there that literally can just make do with a smoke at the end of the day literally with a cup of tea just relaxing and really that's all we're asking just let us relax because <laughs> i think uh, just to pay three times what we're paying now just for that privilege because i think at this point it is a privilege just to, to just to be able to sit down and just enjoy yourself in the comfort of your own home that isn't bothering anybody especially in the current timeline that we're in where just sitting down relaxing and collecting your thoughts and decompressing is probably the best thing we can all do for each other so yeah you put it very succinctly there um i don't know if i could say anything else on the subject you kind of uh you were bang on the money there like i i i do enjoy going and socializing with people so long as it's something i'm fairly comfortable about going to like i i don't mind uh getting high and meeting up with people um that with that said i would usually uh smoke uh in my own space yeah kind of privately and and i would use it more often to relax and whatever but you know i do love when i get some some weed which allows me to be energetic and focused and creative and um, motivated to get lots done um, but i feel that with the black market that 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 type is 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 a lot harder to get like you were saying earlier like in these legalized environments you know you have different strains you have uh, different tolerances uh you know different tastes and uh, really at the end of the day like just being able to having the choice between indica and sativa will help people loads because you gotta take what you can get when it comes into the country and i find like depending on what you get you can either get like a lovely lovely smoke where you're 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 able to you know study well you can you know carry out a favorite hobby you can go for a jog even i know people who smoke and actually exercise which is amazing Mm. to me then you could get another kind of strain where you're just a couch potato and you don't want to do anything and it's really a flip of a coin depending on you know who you ask and the time of the year you get it in so yeah like i remember the time i did an interview with an unnamed uh individual uh who performs burlesque and whatnot um and she said that she swears by getting high and exercising in conjunction with one another and that it works really well you get a great workout because you're in a great mood you're feeling very positive and uh 
you are more in tune with your body perhaps because your stressful thoughts melt away so you're more able to focus and enjoy the moment while exercising um, so yeah and, and I know other people as well like uh, my old friend from California who I interviewed uh, Sienna she uh, is a regular yoga practitioner and in fact she teaches a class where st uh, students are encouraged but not pressured into uh, smoking while meditating uh, mm. and they all have a nice Ooh. community sort of a smoke and they have a lovely relaxing uh, meditation session so like there's a lot of that now in California and probably in, in, in various states over there where they do um, you know ganja yoga or whatever you call it so I hope they call it that that sounds great ganja yeah. yoga <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean both both those things were as far as I know they were used in tangent with each other way 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 back in history over in India where both things well I suppose ganja may not have its origins in India but it's China so it's not that far from there and uh, yeah um, go hand in hand meditation yeah you can you can certainly appreciate that various cultures used weed for spirituality and meditation and that kind of stuff as well and then of course when it comes to just entertainment movies and video games and music but particularly music when I'm stoned and I'm listening to music I can single out specific instruments or there's like a, a, a lyric that'll hit me so much harder than if I'm just sober, so. I think things have a lot more emotional resonance mm -hmm. and, and kind of philosophical resonance, yes, at least yes. for me. And they get me thinking about different aspects of life and existence and <laughs> the world we live in and the positives, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I, 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 I spiral off into these interesting thoughts and I find myself, generally I get a lot more creative I think that, say, socially, I come up with far more jokes on the spot and kind of, you know, re relatively intelligent jokes a lot of the time. Um, and uh, I think, you know, my kind of comic timing, my conversational timing, the flow of things in general, um, they just all benefit from a good smoke. So, yeah, see, it's actually weird, too, because I didn't smoke as much in my early 20s because there are always was uh, like a, a, a hidden fear or anxiety that preempted me from doing any of those things that you mentioned but I found since I started smoking now in my 30s where I feel a lot more comfortable in my skin and I'm a lot more confident in my abilities I can now you know exploit like cannabis for those reasons because I found like and it's it really just goes harks back to if cannabis if it makes you feel bad if it makes you feel anxiety ridden it's not the drug it's actually you it's it's kind of in just exposing a lot of parts of your life that you're not particularly happy with and that's what was my case in my early 20s which i always assumed was the drug like but no well, it can also aside from your own uh, mental space and uh, how you feel in your own skin and that kind of thing it can also just be if you're getting overly potent synthetic oh, cannabis yes. Oh, from gotcha. uh, shitty black market people. See, I'm one of the lucky ones over my my entire generation. Like Christ, back in the day, gack was the worst you could be dealt with. Which I can I just stop you a second? Was it called gack after the noise the aliens in Mars attacks make? <laughs> Why was it called gack? Like 
I couldn't tell you like there's like soap bar is another one yeah, like yeah, I got screwed over that yeah. so like it would be practically played or you'd be sold but uh, like nowadays Jesus Christ that synthetic stuff that wasn't back in my day and thankfully I'm not even remotely associated with anybody who even knows how to get it so it's so foreign to me and it's just something that a lot of the younger crowds that Jesus it's like a fucking minefield for them now just to get any form of weed even shit weed it'd be better than that synthetic stuff so god it's just the way you brought that up like fuck yeah um i i just it's frustrating how much our government drag their heels with this we're always giving out about it on the blog but that's you know it's very very frustrating if you enjoy cannabis or if you benefit medically even more importantly if you're someone suffering with chronic pain or something like that and none of the conventional pharmaceuticals are doing it for you or they're giving you a long list of, of awful side effects and making you unable to really live your life while you take a mixture of different pills it's a crying shame it, it really it should be a great source of shame for our government that they're not trying to meet these people where they're at and to help them benefit where these people themselves from life experience know that cannabis is a much better painkiller okay it may not be a blanket substance that will work wonders for everyone it's not a miracle drug but for an awful lot of people they find that it works much better than your conventional um, pills and whatnot mm-hmm. absolutely but yeah i don't know really all tapped out now with the, the cannabis talk <laughs> yeah there's only so much you can go on about it without <laughs> uh, getting annoyed yeah getting riled up but, uh, but i think we covered a good bit really about it and like i don't think we it's i don't think we delved outside of the realm of anything that anybody else would disagree with really i think we're kind of all on the same wavelength i mean i don't think there's any splinter groups within cannabis advocates who go well actually i wouldn't i would want this legalized but i would want this legalized and we need to do it this way instead of this way i think everybody's on the same page that there's really no there's no areas that anybody would disagree on i mean we all just want legal healthy safe regulated cannabis provided in a reasonable manner like with reasonable prices uh and yeah how long do you think it will take before that happens rich oh boy i i don't know how long is a piece of string how long is a piece of string exactly um i would just like to you know mention something to certain people out there uh they don't seem to quite get that legalization is the only real solution uh at least where cannabis is concerned for getting rid of the majority of the crime elements um and and all the social problems that come from black market uh, drug dealing like some people out there would be like well I would decriminalize, but I don't know about going all the way to legalization. I don't really know if I'd like it being so easily available. Yeah. But these people don't understand decriminalization is a half measure. Yeah. The criminal gangs are still this the sole vendors in the marketplace almost, you know, they're the majority vendors and they can do whatever they like with this unreg- unregulated product. You never truly know what you're getting. You never get a choice. 
and you've got teenagers and possibly children um, being groomed into a life of drug dealing, starting with cannabis maybe, but also other crimes. And they are manipulated and threatened and endangered, as are their families. Um, a lot of people fear for their lives because of the drugs trade. So decrim, as Aon uh, O'Riordan would say from the, the Labour Party, decrim, hashtag decrim, is only a Mickey Mouse half measure. It's fine as a brief start point. It sure would be lovely to be able to have a little on my person without feeling I could be persecuted and brought to court over it. But legalization is what's needed to make sure it's safe and you know what you're getting and far less chance of underage people being able to buy it, really. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly rare that you'll find any dealer that just deals with weed. They're also gonna have like pills and, and coke and just class A's and B's. Like it's just, the whole gateway element of it we're blue in the face from saying it I think one of my first articles for the blog was, was about the gateway myth and that's really again legalising it you're taking the power away from these the black market for to essentially entrap the younger generations because like we're we're, we're we're getting along now <laughs> we're not into the uppers or at any stage really I was never really fond of, of like cocaine or ecstasy or anything like that I don't know what it was the juice was never worth the squeeze for when it came to the class. I had drugs. a great ex- I had a great ecstasy experience, and I look forward to experiencing again. But that's just me. Really? Oh would, yeah. Would you? Would you? Oh god, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near this stuff. <laughs> like I, I, I say about alcohol, I need two days now just to recuperate after like X. Jesus, I need a week. Like they take away a lot of the dopamine in your brain so that you don't have any left for a few days so that's really the calm down really so yeah at least in my experience jesus christ i remember i think it was like god uh, about seven or eight years ago i was graduating from a different course and i wasn't even planning on getting any it just happened like i'm sure is the case for most people who try it i just it's not something you really plan for if it's either there or it isn't and i only took one and I honestly, like, the morbid, the depression that came after, like, the day after, like, like I said, the juice is not worth the squeeze, like, mm. compared to the head fog that comes with just smoking weed, compared to ecstasy, or, I mean, cocaine, I never really had a hangover from the cocaine, except for the wallet, like, you know, the massive, <laughs> like, the shock Moths flying out of your yeah. wallet afterwards, like. <laughs> You just open your wallet and it's like somebody just gutted it, like, you know, stabbed it. So, I don't know, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm actually shocked at that. Richard, how dare you? You you took MDMA. I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't really experience much come down after I had ecstasy, but admittedly it was only one time. So maybe it was the case of the first time being the best with the substance. Mm. Um, but how much did you have? Well, I couldn't quantify exactly like... Uh, I was with a group of people in a nightclub in England and uh, I suppose I can say where we were in Manchester and uh, myself and my comrade went uh, looking by the way I'm not like a a communist or anything I say (laughs) I say the word comrade a lot I'm noticing Um, just in a jokey manner really though anyway if you are a communist thanks for listening good for you (laughs) keep it up whatever you believe in man we don't discriminate here. Going back to <laughs> Manchester, we were in the club, as 50 Cent would say, and 
I don't think it was given to us in a powder form, but we crushed we crushed one into a plastic bottle of water, just a normal size 250 ml bottle. And uh, there was four of us there, and one person went out to the bathroom. Uh, she was like, I'll be right back, just just uh, wait, wait a minute. She got back, and I, I don't think she was aware that we had just put MDMA into this bottle of water that we were all looking at. And um, I yelled at her a few times, just so you know, don't drink a lot of this, it, it has got MDMA. Well, I, I guess I didn't say don't drink a lot, but I told her, this has got a, <laughs> this has got a pill in it. And um, we passed it around, and of course, this girl uh, drank, I'd say, half the bottle. She was very thirsty, mm. and knocked it all back, oh, and shit. we were thinking, oh boy. Later that night, she was not having a good time. She was not in a good place. Uh, it was looking a bit hairy for a while, and uh, but she was fine in the end, thankfully, because we looked after her. Um, but certainly speaking for myself, I had a fantastic time. I we, we were in a very empty nightclub when we first arrived because it was still early in the night and it was loud, bassy house type music which Manchester wouldn't, bro. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be my bag usually um, but of course everything was amplified and sounded absolutely incredible and felt amazing uh, after I had my my few slugs of water mm-hmm. um, oh no I don't dispute that it is an amazing feeling like you know they are amazing like the, the feeling you get it's just like it shouldn't like take half of the, the you know your week with you just for those few hours but clearly you were in the right frame of mind you were hydrated yeah i'm sure you probably had a full stomach and everything so yeah i think we took it pretty sensibly and looked after ourselves before going to sleep with lots of water and whatnot you know um i didn't really get much come down from it but again i probably just didn't have very much in the water that i drank so maybe that's what it was we're coming almost coming to an end of this premiere edition of the high hopes podcast the high hopes podcast we're not very feeling very high hopeful <laughs> actually the reason we called it the high hopes podcast let's get to a little backstory oh yes yes uh, i'm just looking back through our whatsapp chats here nick and uh there was you you had um, very lo- very lofty ambitions for maybe our audience mm-hmm. um, you know something about our our, our thousands or millions even of mm-hmm. listeners and I millions thought, I, I think it was yeah yeah and I was thinking wow uh, Nicholas has got some high hopes for this podcast that we know we, we don't even know how to do one um, so then I said why not call it the high hopes podcast and uh, I think we both agreed it's an incredible name yeah yeah my start wrapping up I think I it think was, we uh, ought to leave it at that because yeah. we're going to have an awful lot of editing to do <laughs> Nicholas but uh, yeah how do we how do we end this Richard like, we gotta, we got to be consistent most podcasts end on a, on a particular note thanks for listening uh, please read our blog yes. we'd love people to read the stuff that we spend hours writing um, in between jobs and just work and life and just far more productive if we were devoting all of our time to it and we were looking at 
making this our, our main source of income but we're we want to stress that this is strictly a, a hobby and a passion of ours that we firmly believe in and while we haven't had exactly the most consistent year we definitely are going to make up for that with the rest of the year because this is definitely something that we're going to keep at and hopefully you take something from it or at the very least that you acknowledge that there are at least two lads out here down here in Kerry that think the same way you do feel the same way you do and hope for the same things that you want in the future regarding cannabis legislation Kerry and Cork by Kerry the way. and Cork but I think this was a successful first start really to the podcast I think we kind of covered really all the areas of the subject matter that you probably already know us for if you're subscribed to our blog but going forward we hope to cover different areas of uh, just interests that will also interest you and yeah thanks for listening uh, at Green Lens blog on Twitter and also the Green Lens on Reddit if you're a Redditor and uh, please le- please uh, read our stuff on greenlensblog.com good stuff all Peace. the best